Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, it's Natalie Jean, it's Natalie Jean, and on the Chatting with Nat, we have the honor of having award-winning Canadian rock musician, Rose Cora Perry. Rose Cora Perry is an award-winning Canadian rock musician and the front woman of Powerhouse Trio, The Truth Untold. She's graced the covers of magazines, achieved top 30 radio singles, and has performed at some of the world's most renowned music festivals, including Summer NAM, Canadian Music Week, Warped Tour, Minifest NYC, recognized for her raw and relatable lyrics, as well as her thought-provoking music videos, Perry is a strong advocate of the straight-edge lifestyle and regularly donates her time and talents to various mental health fundraisers. Let's give her a round of applause. And there you have it. Hi, Rose. How are you? That's got to be one of the most epic introductions I've ever had, so thank you for that. (laughs) You know, my two little hands can't do you justice, so we got to get you The round of applause was a, a nice touch for sure. Oh my goodness. So so how have you been? I've been busy. We are we're working on putting together a, a tour this summer to promote and and help support the the release of our hit single Not My Time. So been working away at that, uh, planning on uh, invading in a, in a not military sense, but in a rock and roll sense, the United States again, and uh, of course playing in our great country of Canada too. So really excited about kind of what we've got in the works for that. Yay. Now, <clears throat> one of the questions I like to ask is this. Obviously, the <laughs> Ooh, it's like um, the last three years have been cray, 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 cray. I mean, how have yes. you held up? I mean, seriously, though, how have you held up, you know, between, like, well, obviously in the United States, Roe versus Wade being overturned, we had tsunamis, president assassinations, obviously COVID, a pandemic, COVID had some babies. Babies, polio trying to make a comeback. Heard there was measles, you know, all kinds of different viruses coming out. Then it was RSV. Um, then there were there was politics. Um, then there was George Floyd. I mean, and then and it, the list, mass shootings, a plethora in the United States, um, and some incidences in Canada. How how did you work through all of that? <laughs> Honest to God, I, I yeah, like I, I mean, in addition to that, there was all tragedies going on with people's right. lives, right? Like, I mean, right. obviously, COVID, I think, affected us all on a very universal, really real human yes. level, uh, you know, as far as kind of affecting social interactions, affecting us psychologically, affecting us, you know, physically, if we contracted it, but then it also took a toll in terms of families and relationships. Right. And uh, I had revealed to you um, personally that, you know, I also lost my brother during that time. He, uh, mm. he passed away at the end of 2020. And then I lost uh, a very close girlfriend of mine in May mm. the following year. And I lost my cat of 17 years, kind of all in succession. Boom, boom, boom. Um, so on a personal level, I, I would be I would be being untruthful if I didn't say that I I definitely went through some bouts of depression where I really wasn't feeling like myself because in addition to dealing with these losses and the world kind of being closed for lack of a better expression, I I didn't have a means of, you know, uh, expressing myself artistically, which is a huge way that I cope and I always have coped. So a huge part of my artistry has been, channeling my emotions into music and then taking those songs and performing them publicly and connecting with people on that really real visceral level, you know, just kind of speaking that universal language and having that live performance element completely eradicated for the past almost three years. Well, I had no motivation to even do anything musically because it didn't feel like there was an end in sight. 
it didn't feel like I was going to be able to, to connect with people. So, I mean, truthfully, I, I definitely, I definitely struggled feeling down, but then, then I had to, you know, be an adult and I had to acknowledge, okay, so yes, there, there's some crazy stuff going on in the world right now. Yes. I definitely have had some, some personal stuff I've had to contend with, but I am so so grateful for all the wonderful things in my life that I do have. Um, I didn't, you know, adversely suffer financially over the, the right. pandemic, which I know a lot of people did. I'm so yeah. grateful for that. I, I had the, the love and support of my wonderful spouse, who's also the drummer in my band, Tyler. I'm grateful okay. we have each other. Uh, I'm grateful that we still have a nice little cat family. So really? that's nice, too, even even though we lost our, our 17-year-old prince, we still have, you know, other oh, family members, which I'm cra- I'm a crazy cat lady, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Uh, and, and I'm also grateful that, you know, while we weren't able to tour and I, I lost kind of that dynamic, I think it was actually a blessing in disguise in that I needed to be there for my family. So right. I think that when one door closes, another one always opens, and you can't always necessarily – see that at the time because it's really easy to get caught up in the emotion of all of that stuff going on. But I think that I, I think I was where I needed to be. It's that simple. So I try to just stay grounded and acknowledge the fact that man, despite all the insanity going on right now, I have so much to be grateful for. And uh, you know, I'm very, very appreciative of all of that. And I try to just kind of focus on the end in sight, keep a, keep a sense of hope in my heart and, and just, push through <laughs> um yeah no I, it, it, it's fun it's not funny but you and i have something similar uh that happened during the pandemic i i had covid three times but um oh geez I'm I'm sorry yeah and i had the long-term effects uh, all kinds of crap but my cat of what my cat of only eight years died on the same day a friend Aww. died so oh, that man. Was so I had to deal with all of that. And then I think the following year, my aunt, I mean, so it was a succession of events. So I, I, I completely understand you. Now, we do know, that obviously, during that, that time, things were tragic, yada, yada. But we know that through these things, there, there were some um, pros. So the things that I saw um, were that, you know, around my neighborhood, you know, there were four, more family members walking together. This shouldn't be a foreign idea, but people are always fast right. have time for family. I know colleagues that said when they look back, they said, oh, my God, I wasn't spending enough time with family. So they cut back on hours. I read so many right. articles about uh, people quitting their jobs because what the pandemic did, it allowed for self-reflection. And people are like, you know what? Right. I don't want to be miserable. I want, I need to eat. I need food, food, you know, I need clothing on my back. I need a roof over my head, but I should be doing something that I'm happy with my destiny, my mission, whatever you want to call it. So there were a lot of articles of um, quitting their jobs and then, you know, climate change, the animals were happy that we were not out there. uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mother nature was like, maybe they won't come back. Uh, so pollution level went down. And then there's artists like you and I that um, decided to rebrand or we created EPs, albums, singles. Some people decided, screw this music thing. I'm not doing it. It's not for me anymore. So, you know, what I'm trying to get out, there was a lot of self-introspection. So did you think about um, your brand, uh, you as a person? Is there anything you thought about changing or did you say, you know what? I'm Rose fucking Cora Perry, and that's who I am. <laughs> you know what? I, I think, you know, with everything that I try to do, I always try to challenge myself. So okay. I, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm full of myself because I'm not, but I consider myself a, a student of psychology and a fairly introspective person already. Okay. So I don't think it necessarily took a pandemic just to make me think okay. that way because I try to think like that on a fairly regular basis. And Every time I, you know, I think about what I'm going to write in a song, like obviously mm-hmm. it's coming from a really real and authentic place, but 
something that is incredibly important to my mission as a songwriter is to write songs that are really um, relevant and things that people can relate to. And so I'm very deliberate with the kind of stuff that I put out there because I'm trying to spread positive messages and messages of being inspirational and getting people to kind of open their eyes and think about things Mm. differently and, and and, and come together and that sort of thing. So as far as kind of rebranding, no, I, I, I'm pretty darn happy with the person I am. <laughs> and I mean, my, my, my parents raised me to be a tough, feisty Italian woman, and that's exactly who I am. So I don't see that changing anytime soon. I, lo- I absolutely love that. You know who you are. And, you know, there's so many people that are, trying to figure out who they are. So when you get to that point, that is a beautiful, 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 amazing thing. I like the fact that you write music about um, life in general, you know, real, Mm -hmm. the real. You talk about the real. I do that as well. I'm all into social impact message songs. Really don't care. I'm going to talk about it. And I like the fact, you're, you're like me in the sense that, you know, I want my music to make a difference. I want somebody to sit there and think. It's not about changing people's minds, but you want to give them a, a picture that will allow yes. them to see a perspective that they may not have thought about. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and, yes. and music is such a great and powerful tool. It is 100%. Amazing thing. And what I learned during the pandemic, because my God, I had so much free time. I took all these webinars, especially on TikTok and stuff like that, and, and music in general, is that people love authenticity. They yeah. cling to it. In fact, TikTok says the videos that do the best are the ones that are the most authentic. Because when people see that, they're just like, oh, my God, I can do that, too. And so what music well, does – go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is I, I think, honestly, that because we, we live in a world that as much as we, we try to say that we break down barriers of, of difference and that, you know, we're all inclusive and all inviting, we right. still very much live in a world that's governed by social mores and, you know, mm. guidelines of what it is to be him or her or, or this or a dolphin right. or whatever the hell you want to identify as. Right. And, I mean, even as a woman working in the rock and roll industry, you know, I consider myself assertive and confident. And usually when you use those adjectives to describe a woman, then that, you know, then becomes uh, synonyms for she's a bitch. Whereas if a man (laughs) is working in the rock and roll industry with the very same kind of temperament and demeanor, you know, just being straightforward to the point, you know, they're kind of respected as somebody who grabs the the bull by the balls. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I, I, I really think that being authentic is really important, and I think it's really important for people to feel like they can be, that they can feel empowered to just be who it is they, they are on the inside, whatever that is, and that, you know, you don't necessarily have to buy into social conventions of, of whatever it is that you're subscribing to. Like, I mean, I, I think it goes without saying that, yes, there are clear biological differences between, you know, animals and humans, et cetera, right. et cetera. But at the same time, I mean, if I want to be a woman and I define a woman as being strong and confident, that doesn't make me any less feminine, just like if a man wants to be a man and he's, you know, very loving and caring, that doesn't make him any less masculine. I think it's just being real to who you are. And I think that it's very, very important for for people just to do soul searching and and find out who it is they want to be and what it is they want to be and be unapologetic about that. Amen. Amen. I mean... It's it's a beautiful thing when people can realize, self-realize and say, okay, this is who I am and I am happy. That's one thing I, I like about the United States. Um, the United States is allowing or being more open to the many different genders out there. I am. Um, right. We are at, a, and, and, and I, I'll be honest with you, I literally have to go and Google Cause I just, there's just too, there, there's so much out there right now. I have to Google. I'm like, okay, what does that right. mean? What does this mean? Right. But I, and, and, and I have issues with certain aspects of things when 
certain groups that they just don't want to recognize women anymore, like the cisgender thing. I'm like, if somebody calls me that, I'll get very upset um, because you can't right. erase me. You can't erase me just to make no. You know what I mean? You, you just can't do that. Right. So that's a whole another ball of wax. But I love the fact that people can be so open and understanding and compassionate because when you look at the world, it's just chaotic. I mean, every day, I mean, in the United States, it's just chaotic. I mean, I wrote a song yeah. called Numb because that, I think that's where right. we are in this gun violence. I'm like, if something happens, oh, there was another shooting, and people are just like, oh, they do, shed a tear. And then the next day, oh, they go about their business, and nothing changes. Well, not even the next day, pretty much within 30 seconds because right. of all the information we're constantly having thrown at us via social media. It's like, right. oh, well, on to the next thing. And, I mean, exactly. you get like a millisecond of people's time anymore. Exactly, exactly. So you completely understand that. Now, how how important is it for you to be authentic in your music, your songwriting, you as a person? And I know the answer to this, but I want the world to hear this because I already know. I, I think, honestly, it, it's the, the key to happiness, to be honest. If you're not being yourself, who it is, who is it that you're being and who are you exactly. trying to please? Like. The reality is, is that the people in your life that truly, truly care about you, they'll mm. accept you for who you are. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. They, they really were. And, and, and the people who don't or the people who are jealous or petty or cruel towards you, well, you don't need that nonsense. None of us no, do. There's, there's enough hatred that we don't need people tearing us apart. Now, I'm not saying I'm giving anybody license to be an asshole to each other. I think we should try and be nice people to each other. I, you know, I am definitely a firm believer in, you know, um, treat those as you want to be treated, right? 100%. But at the same time, like, I don't feel that, um, you know, we should feel like we're, we're being um, prevented from pursuing things or prevented right. from, you know, uh, identifying in certain ways just because of social conventions. Like right. you have to be what's real in your heart and you have to be true to that. But again, you know, just don't be an asshole to each other. and We can all get along. What a concept. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Yeah. Isn't that an interesting concept? Now, how did you get into the music industry? Did you come out of the womb and you were just like, yep, me and music. Or was it something you heard, you saw? <laughs> what happened? How did it come to be? That's, I, I blame my parents once again. Okay. Um, they obviously saw some sort of performance or musical inclination in me as a child as I was enrolled in vocal lessons at age four, which I studied for about 14 years. So I went through classical vocal training. And then at age seven, I actually wrote my very first song. Um, I didn't know at the time when I was doing all this that rock would be where I found myself. But essentially, I was a teenager. I had a lot of mental health uh, issues. You know, I suffered greatly with depression. I suffered, you know, great w- greatly with self-esteem issues. I mean, I, I, I suffered from an eating disorder at one point. I, I really had a lot of self-loathing and a lot of, you know, introspection that I had to do myself to get to a point where I was like, you know what? I might not be perfect. You know, but I always try my damn best. Not everybody's going to like me. That's okay. There's other people that they can like. I just have to get to a place where I'm healthy and I'm happy and I'm just trying to do the best that I can as a thing for myself and for others. And rock and roll just really spoke to my heart in terms of the fact that, number one, it's a really powerful form of music where you can let out a lot of animosity, which obviously I had. Uh, I was bullied a lot growing up. So there was a lot of kind of deep seated feelings about that, that I had to express, but I also liked how raw and genuine it was, you know, how it was kind of unfettered. Whereas when I was singing my classical stuff and doing my training, everything was very much by the book. Like you sing the dynamics and you sing the the notes exactly as they're transcribed on the sheet music. It didn't allow for any interpretation. Whereas rock is all about energy and it's all about aggression and it's all about dynamic. And it was just a really freeing experience to kind of discover the rock and roll scene and meet other weirdos like me who, you know, at their teenage years were either punks or goths. And I finally for once in my life, actually felt like I fit in. So rock found me, but my parents enrolled me in, in music. So I think it was kind of like a just a, a 
I don't know, I, I guess a, a happenstance, so to speak. Well, kudos to your parents, because I love the parents that can see the beauty within their child and know, oh, my God, we got to do this. I wish my parents had enrolled sure. me in like a uh, piano lesson or something. Well, I don't well, you know, it's never too late to learn. I've got this um, this keyboard here that I bought like six years ago. <laughs> Still in a box, but I need, I just, it's like fresh cards. Oh, I've been so busy. It's just, oh my God, it's just so crazy. Now I am going to play your song, Not My Time. Tell me what that's about. Sure. So uh, it was actually written after I experienced a, a pretty nasty bout of COVID myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and so when I say it's not my time to die, I right. literally meant that because I, I was damn scared. Um, I was really okay. sick. I, I was really, really unwell for a number of weeks. I'm, I'm lucky it never got to the point of hospitalization. Right. But my spouse was, was, was pretty freaked out because of how ill I was. So I wrote it for a couple of reasons. Number one, as you know, just kind of that reflective experience of what I personally went through. But I wanted to get at the greater message that, hey, this is not just about a physical uh, ailment uh, that's affected a vast, you know, a huge amount of people. Right. But it's also about how the pandemic has affected us all socially and psychologically. And it's not our time to give up on each other. I love it. All right. Let's play it.
Loved it. Loved it. Absolutely. I was jamming. I was singing along. Um, nice. What is your What is your songwriting process? Obviously, that's about the time during COVID and stuff like that, but it can use, be used for other things as well. Um, so how, oh, do you for go, sure. what, how do you get inspired to write a song and how do you go about it? Yeah, and you know what? I, I anytime people ask me this, I wish I had a better answer. But yeah. honest to God, it's it, it's like divine inspiration. Basically, I have to be in a certain mood. It's usually when I'm right. pissed off or sad, and okay. then a melody just comes into my head. I I can't explain it. It just it comes from nothing into my head, and I start humming a tune, and then I start hearing the first couple of lyrics, and I just grab a guitar and I I write the whole thing. Basically, I bang it out in about thirty minutes. Or so that's just how it happens. There's no rhyme or reason to it. I can't predict it. I have long spells where I can't write anything, and then spells where I'll write, you know, several songs in succession. So it's just it's kind of like a a sporadic thing, but it's mm-hmm. a very very real process and something I would never want to force. Yeah, no, I'm exactly like you. I can't be forced. You know, obviously, if somebody said, "Oh, write me a song," da, 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 I work with it. But when I'm writing my own stuff. I will sit and I still write on paper, but I also use the screen and I'll yell at the screen. I'll yell at the piece of paper <laughs> and then I have to leave it alone. And then the next day I'm just like, oh, there's the song. I don't know what it is about right. that first moment. I mean, but the shower, I can come up with the best stuff in the shower and then forget about nice. it. I mean, I have my cell phone right there. And then somebody said there was like a pad you could put in the shower that's waterproof. That I bought that I never used that I should that I should use. Um, so yeah, it's like for sure. For my, yeah, I, I want to create like a gadget though, like a waterproof gadget for the shower. Because let me tell you how many people say they come up with stuff in the shower. Somebody said it's because oh, yeah. you're so much more relaxed in that moment that the ideas right. just flow. And I've got to say, I agree with that assessment because I'm just like. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you go back, you're like, what did you, what, what did I say? Okay. Okay. Maybe I can remember something. Now, you are a female rock musician. What is the, I am. Tough, <laughs> what is the toughest and the hardest part of having to do that? Be that. Oh, God. In this industry. Probably being taken seriously. Mm. Um, because the, the, the reality is like, I, I don't care that it's 2023. The, the reality is, is right. that anytime you're a female rock musician, there's still kind of this unwritten assumption when you show up at a venue, whether it's the, the other bands or the sound mm-hmm. guy or the venue owner, they, they always wonder if you actually have talent or if you're just eye candy. Right. And it's just like, it's dude, it's, it's my band. I'm the front woman. I write all the songs. <laughs> my project right? it wouldn't exist without me and and I don't say that again to sound like an egomaniac I'm not at all the the musicians that I have in, in my project like our, our touring bassist Jessie is phenomenally talented I think she's wonderful I love working with her my spouse uh, who's who's our drummer he's also an incredibly multi-talented uh, instrumentalist he plays lead guitar he plays bass I have so much respect for my fellow musicians but it's just it's really infuriating to still kind of feel like you get minimized or see as a woman first as opposed to a musician first and I don't right. say that again to insult my womanhood I'm proud of being a strong woman but it's just like I, I'm an equal I, it shouldn't be qualified as female musician or woman musician it's like no I'm I'm a rock musician end of story I write from a female sensibility right. because I am a woman but I have a lot of male fans that my lyrics really resonate with so right. so clearly it's it's not you know like I'm only appealing to to a female audience and I mean I, we had a, a gig a couple months ago in Toronto where uh, I remember I was packing up our, my patch cables for my guitar and getting my amplifier and, and stuff all off the stage as we were, cl- we were uh, loading out for the night and some dude randomly came up to me. I don't know if it was supposed to be a pickup line or if he was trying to gauge right. my status, but it failed epically. But he <laughs> made the comment to me, oh, so nice of you to be packing up for your for your boyfriend. And I'm like, it was my band, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, so stuff like that is just that that's probably the, the thing that kind of gets under my skin. Either that or the opposite in that, 
if you have an interaction with a male fan or a male musician mm-hmm. and they somehow turn that around in their mind, you just simply saying hi or being nice is you wanting to sleep with them. Um, just right. saying hi or smiling is not an invitation for sexual innuendos. Right. Uh, there's a very, very different way of interaction if I was wanting to be flirted with. Uh, I deliberately, you know, I'm I'm very specific with my image and in terms of what I put out there. I'm not trying to get that kind of attention. If you want a woman to lust over, go look at porn. I'm here to be an artist and I'm here to be respected for what I have to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, that's no, that's absolutely no disrespect to women who, you know, they got it, they want to flaunt it. That's just not me, and I don't want to welcome right. that attention more because. I don't even try to get that attention. I still get it. <laughs> wow. Do you see? That means you're just hot. Oh, you're just hot, hot <laughs> all around. I, I guess, but I'm not looking for people's validation of my attractiveness. I'm just trying yeah, to be a good songwriter. Like, I'm happy with who I am. I'm in a loving relationship. Why the hell do I care if anybody else thinks I'm beautiful? Like, how does that do anything for me at the end of the day? I'm happy right. with myself. I, I don't need that. I hear you. I feel you. Now, how was how was oh, the Warped tour? I always wanted to go to pretty, that. Pretty epic experience all around. I, I have to say that as far as making a sincere effect on the independent music industry for like the past mm-hmm. twenty or so years, there probably are few people that hold a candle to Kevin Lyman, the founder of Warp Tour. Not okay. only is he an incredibly humble and accessible man, but he sincerely believes in trying to help independent artists, you know, get to the forefront mm-hmm. and have these opportunities. And I feel so privileged to have, you know, been able to to play Warp Tour a couple of times with different projects, including The Truth Untold, and, you know, have been able to interact with him on a first-name basis. I feel mm-hmm. truly, truly honored and grateful for that experience. And what he accomplished and, you know, in terms of helping so many bands break, it's incredible. It's incredible. He has a hell of a legacy and, you know, one that I can only, you know, kind of raise the, the highest possible accolades to. Awesome. Now let's talk about artificial intelligence. Okay. <laughs> you I just jumped into something else. AI. Well, AI is trying to invade in our artistry. You know, I've it, I know it already has though. Like, what the I, hell is auto tune? Well, well, yeah, auto tune. But AI, AI is um, AI. I don't. It's not like another person, but AI is just a thing, right? That people are using. For like, there's, there's, oh my God, I can't remember the name, Ava, I think it's called Ava, where you can use that instead of using real people, you can use that for your background vocalist. This right, is how- but to me, how, how is that any different than if you're claiming to be a musician and you're going into the studio and you're layering on the auto tune or using drum samples because you're not talented enough to pull it off? In my humble opinion, if you're a musician and you're serious about your craft, then you should be able to play your instruments. You shouldn't have to rely on all these fancy production tactics, whether it's AI generated or not. It, it, to me, it's all the same garbage. And I am somebody who's very, very much of the, the 90s mentality that it should be raw and authentic. And it, it, the way that you sound in the studio should be how you sound live. And that is a perspective. <laughs> That is, yeah, okay. no, I mean, that's a different take on it. Um, I personally, I, I see a difference with AI. Okay. AI is not, actual, is not an actual person. Now, I know about all these different tools that producers use to enhance, you know, like Melodyne. Um, I don't play an instrument. I've been dying to learn right. for years. I've been super busy. Right. I think it's imperative that musicians know how to play something. I'm, I'm praying this year, you know, in honor of my father, I'd love to learn how to play the guitar. I tried many years ago, and I was like, I feel like a contortionist. I need to get a smaller guitar because I don't know, my body feels weird. But um, 
with AI, it's like the, one of the questions my friend asked me was like, well, who owns the copyright if you're using AI? Well, technically, right. AI can't, can't get the copyright because AI is not a real person. But when you, you find these people that can, let's say they say, okay, I want to use Rose Cora Perry's vocals on something. They can take the AI to make it sound exactly like you. Which is, which is, yeah, I, I can't say I would be okay with that. But no, no, neither would I. They tried to do that again, <laughs> I think, with Drake and the, was Drake and the Weekend. Um, somebody tried to use it, but they had to take it down. They don't, they don't have the right to do that. But this is how far right. AI, AI can basically just take over. I, I, I was looking at it one day um, because they were saying how, um, AI can, people can go there if you're in school and say, well, write an essay on Abraham Lincoln and boom, bam, the thing does it for you. I mean, there's some stuff you have to tweak. I mean, we're going to become an industry, a world that you just don't have to think for yourself. And I think, I think that's, that's very tragic. I mean, the kids growing up today, their their grammar, their language ability is just shocking, and it's that the, the LOLs, the OMGs, you know, some adults even use, the, and they're trying to say you, they'll use the, the the letter U and stuff like that, which I think is really tragic, um, right? Because language can be so beautiful when you use it right, <laughs> and well, all these, it's a hyper it's a hyper reliance on technology, right? But right, I mean, right, how is right. How is using AI in the studio, which essentially is getting rid of the whole necessity of having a human there, any different than having an automated checkout at, at, a, at a store? You're basically yeah. taking away jobs from people, exactly. and you're taking away reliance on, on God-given talent. So I'm sorry if right. like, I sound like a bit of a, a no, hard-ass no, no, as far as my, my, my anti-technology stance, but I guess my... My perspective is this, like if there's two musicians, one of whom has literally spent decades training Mm -hmm. and preparing and, you know, honestly honing their craft and putting their blood, sweat and tears into it so that they can give you an epic performance. And then there's somebody else who has picked up an iPad from the store and is just using auto tune and everything is fake samples. They can't actually play anything and they can't sing. Like, who am I going to have respect for? And I'm not saying that the second individual doesn't have some form of creativity, but if you want to pursue something as, as a passion, like, shouldn't you right. be willing to put some effort into it as opposed to just use technology to make up for all of your, your deficits? Like, I mean, you know, when I was in school, and again, like, this is the, the hard-ass Italian upbringing, but when I was in school, my weakest subject by far was mathematics. I struggled. Oh, my God. I had to work so hard to to get through math, and I remember I, I only took it up to grade 11, and then when I went to university, it came back to bite me in the ass because I had to pass the statistics course in order to get my honors BA, and I was right. terrified. I was thinking I was going to have to, you know, completely uh, reorient my degree or not be able to get a degree from university because I hadn't done math in so many years, right. and I was never a strong student of mine. Well, instead of, you know, trying to rely on somebody else, I hired a tutor. I, mm. I took sessions with my professor. After every single test where I didn't do as well as I had thought, I made a deliberate point of meeting with him after class so we could go over where the areas were that I needed to focus. Now, did I ever become a professional mathematician? Hell no. But did I become a lot more, a lot more confident? Absolutely I did. Why? Because I put the effort in. So right. if you want to pursue something or if you need to pursue something, then be willing to actually do it. Like, <laughs> put some yeah. effort and thought into it. Don't just, you know, do a half-assed way and expect to be taken seriously. Yeah, I mean, listen, you have the right to your opinion. I appreciate that, and I respect it. Um, and there's some, there's a lot of points that I agree with you on, I'm, you know, like some of the things I always tell my friends, because my some of my friends like to always have the the top players in their um on their albums and stuff like that, and I'm always like, well, you know, the homeless man down the street or Joe Schmo down the road can probably play just as well as those people. Like I'm not, I'm like not a name dropper. I don't care. I could care less. If you can play, right. 
you yeah, you can play, you can do your thing, please, by all means, right. you can be part of my thing. Right. You know what I mean? So I completely understand um, your perspective on having actual uh, people that have been spent, yeah, their blood, sweat, and tears on um, their own creativity so that, you know, somebody can hire them to play. No, I completely understand that, completely. And I think what right. you're saying is extremely valid. Um uh, so but I, you're challenging me where? No, no, You know, it is what it is. I mean, I think that sometimes people don't use uh, live musicians because of budget. Obviously, it's a lot more, more right. cheaper than to use the tools that they have on the computer. Like some of my songs, my, my, my producers say, yeah, this is the same piano that Adele uses. So he uses a, a lot of high-end stuff. I mean, I, my budget is low. My budget, you know, I try right. to do the best that I can. Would it be great? Right. Um, I would love to be able to do a live album one year, one, year, one, one day. That would be but fantastic. you're still singing and writing the song, right? Well, yeah, that, that's yeah, my yeah. point. Yes, I am. I'm, 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 I'm still the one. It, it's it's not like it's all entirely just computer generated and then you're oh, putting no. your name on it. Like that's that's what I'm saying. Singing is still very much an instrument. Do not do yourself a disservice. I wasn't saying you just had to play. I consider right. my voice my my instrument above anything else. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. But yeah. And I can sing in French, English, Spanish, and stuff like that. So I I can do my thing. I do my thing. Yeah. Um, Heck yeah. You know, so one of the questions I like to ask is this, what are three things you wish you had known before you got into the music industry? <laughs> yeah, That's a loaded question. question. <laughs> I said it's a loaded question, but there, uh, let me tell you, there's some people that are like, I don't know. And then when I start talking and they said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> um, point number one. That talent is not the most important factor to being successful. And I don't say that. uh, I I, I mean, the the reality is, is that if I were, you know, born into the Hilton family, like Paris Hilton, I'd be a heck of a lot more successful, irrespective of whether I had talent, because that is a family with wealth and connections that I don't have. I am the daughter of a Life insurance salesman, a fitness trainer, no musical connections whatsoever. But in saying that, uh, just because somebody is more successful than you, you should not necessarily interpret that as you're failing in any way. So I think I would say my second point would be that there are different definitions of success. One is not necessarily better or worse than another. Uh, I think that it's really important for musicians to find their own path. So I have lots of friends who are musicians who are full-time musicians. They live and breathe music to the point where they're teaching it. If they're not teaching it, they're out there doing four or five cover gigs a night where, you know, they're spending Mm -hmm. three or four hours playing covers and, you know, also trying to do their original thing. You know, God love them. I give them credit for that. I couldn't do it. I would find that exhausting and I wouldn't want to be overusing my voice that much. I would rather just have a a side gig where I tour when I want. I release the music when I want and I do it kind of on my schedule and no one's breathing down my throat. Does that make me unsuccessful? No, it's my version of success. So I think, I think I probably answered the point that um, success is relative. Number one Number right. two, talent is not the, the only factor. And number three, you have to find your own kind of path and carve it out. And I think that's kind of a lesson that can be applied to anything, irrespective of whether we're talking about music or just life in general. Find what works for you and makes you, you make- happy. It's that simple. I agree. Um, one of the things I always tell people is that what I didn't know is how scammy <laughs> the oh, music yeah. is. I mean, you could, it's almost like they smell you. They smell new artists trying to do their thing and they latch on to them. Oh my God, I can make you a star. That's a BS. You know, do your due diligence, do your research on people when they come and contact you. Talk to the people that have worked with them or not worked with them. I mean, yeah, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Oh my gosh. Um, 
that the music business is very hard. It's 24 seven. It is twenty, yeah. and it, it and things are a lot harder because of social media. You gotta be on this. You oh gotta yeah. Be on that. Da, da, da. It's just it's re- I'm, I mean I just funny thing is is you know I'm on TikTok but my TikToks are not I put my music oh there's you know I have views blah blah I do stuff on on the stuff that's going on in the world it's like fifty four thousand views da, 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 da. it's just it's a different dynamic my Instagram my Facebook yeah it's all about music and all that good stuff um. But it's different now for everybody. It's like when you're writing a song, sometimes you're like, oh, my God, is this going to work on this platform? If that's, in, if that's what you're into, um, is it going to go viral? Right. How can I get more people to listen to it? What can I post about today? It's a lot right. more work right. than back in the day. Because oh, like, you, yeah. like, like you said, you know, anybody can be an artist, especially if you have yeah. music. Yeah. It doesn't even matter if you have talent. So then now you have to that that tomfoolery and you're like, well, I've been doing this for a while and I've studied and I've done this, but then these people is, what is that girl's name? She's a rap artist. Is a, um, not take me out of it. What is that cash out girl? I can't remember what her name is, but she was this rude little girl um, that went on Dr. Phil. I mean, cash me out. Is that what her name is? Cash me out. Something like that. But, um, she was rude on Dr. Phil, and then all of a sudden, boom, bam, Sony wanted to sign her. For her, for, for her being so disrespectful and rude, they signed her, or was it Sony? One of the record labels. And then she just became, a, she's not even a rapper or whatever, but they, they put her on there, and she made millions of dollars, right, and now right. she has an OnlyFans uh, account where she makes millions and millions of dollars. I said, it, it, for me, that's just very sad that these labels will just want to go after the person they think is going to make them money. But this girl was so rude and nasty. It's like, this is what you want. It's just sad. Absolutely sad. Controversy sells, whether that's a good or a bad thing. And I mean, I think the reality is, is that I would be a lot more successful if number one, I posted a bunch of belligerent, really rude, terrible things. Or number two, I did strip teases. I'm not going to do either. Like I, I, I already know that those two things would make me more successful, but that's not who I am. And again, I think it goes back to your definition of success, but you are right 100 million times over that there are so many scams and so many opportunities for people to try and take advantage of you. And they will, if they can. And I mean, I think something that happens all the time that people don't actually talk about very frequently anymore are pay-to-play scams. So back in the the 80s, you know, payola on radio was a very, very well-known thing, and it was kind of public knowledge that this was a a reality that was going on. But I think the common person doesn't realize that a lot of, like, really sweet opening spots for major bands, like on tour – or mm-hmm. a lot of spots on festivals, those are those right. are paid slots. Those those artists aren't getting booked. They're paying like ten, twenty grand for the opportunity to play. <laughs> that is crazy. So so then then music becomes not simply about not necessarily having the talent, uh, but obviously having a huge amount of money and a a hole in your pocket to burn. And so then it becomes, you know, a discussion of socioeconomics. So Mm. are you being blocked out of opportunities because you simply don't have extra pocket change? And that's a whole other conversation when we're, we're, we're supposed to be talking about something based off of meritocracy and talent. Well, I, my friends, that is, that's clearly not the reality. Yep. Definitely, definitely. Well, oh, what a world we live in. But we have to continue to do the music because the music makes the difference. And I always tell people, this is our superpower. Music has the ability to heal, move mountains. You know, people can use it to laugh, scream, you know, dance, uh, do whatever. It's a place where no matter what's going on in the world, everybody just gets along when they're listening to their favorite type of music. So, you know. 100%. We just have to keep doing our thing. That's all there is to it. Um, but thank you well, so much. I think all us, yeah, all, all us can never hope for us, uh, like all any of us can ever hope for as songwriters is just to put something out there that makes a difference for somebody. And if it did, then exactly. that to me is, is what you set out to do. 
Amen to that. Amen. Well, thank you, Rose, for being on Chatting with Nat. Um, I think you're awesome. No, thank you for having me. <laughs> I love I love your authenticity. I love your straightforwardness. I love the fact that you have opinions, and they're matter of fact, and um, and you're allowed to have them. That's the point of all of this. Well, right back at you. And I think we probably agreed on about 99% of things, yeah. which is pretty cool because we, we clearly have very different backgrounds, but it's right. awesome to have a meeting of the minds for sure. Oh, because you, oh, you know, people are just, like I say, cray cray, the world is gone, cray cray. <laughs> like I tell my mom all the time, I said, if an alien spaceship says, if I want to go, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'll, I'll make music on Mars, on uh, Uranus, whatever. I'll be making music over there because it's just oof, every day. It's something. But, yeah, um, I'm definitely going to follow you and check out everything else. I think eventually we should do, like, a IG Live. That I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, cool. Yeah, let's just do that. But thank you once again for being on Chatting with Nat. I appreciate it. No, Thank you for having me. I really appreciated it. And uh, I hope that your your listeners enjoyed this too. And I wasn't too spicy for a, a Tuesday oh, night. Oh, <laughs> you, you were spicy enough. You were spicy. I good, love, good. I love spicy. It makes things <laughs> even more lovely. All right, everybody. This sure. was award-winning Canadian rock musician Rose Cora Perry. You can find her at www.rosecoraperry.com. She's on Facebook at Rose. Cora Perry official on Twitter, Rose Cora Perry on Instagram, Rose Cora Perry on YouTube, Rose Cora Perry. And if you can't remember that, you know what you can do? You can Google, you can actually stream her music and better yet, you can buy it. Yeah. That old fashioned thing of buying music. We still need to eat and live and breathe. So why not buy that music? All right, everyone. Until next time on chatting with Love you on power. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.